What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Grindhouse Syndicate. I'm Chris, that is Jordan, and we are in week two of our Halloween Everything Must Go Big Sale Super Discounted Going Out of Business Special Episodes, uh, where every movie we cover during this month it involves Halloween in some way, shape, or form. And uh, if you read the small print at the bottom of the page, it says this is true for all episodes except for next week's episode. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that is because next week's episode is our Friday the, thir- the 13th special where we will be covering Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah, <laughs> and I will. I will be sick. I'll be sick that day. I will not be here. Um, yeah, we're not going to cover Jason Goes to Hell. I don't think anybody wants to hear that on Friday the Thirteenth. But I don't uh, want to hear that any day. Yeah, you know, like three hundred and sixty-five days. I'll pass on that. Um, yeah, yeah, fuck that movie. No, we're not going to announce which one we're covering yet, but it it won't be that one. Uh, But just a friendly reminder that next week's episode will be coming out a little early. We're uh, going to release that episode on Friday, Friday the 13th. I cannot say Friday the 13th right now. It is (laughs) pronounced Friday the 13th. Yeah, so keep an eye or ear out for that. And if you're worried that you might forget about it or you just want to know what's going on with the show or what's going on with like with us i don't know you might you might care about us uh, some uh you can always find out what's happening by checking out one or all of our social media accounts you can find us on facebook at the grindhouse syndicate horror podcast the instagram at grindhouse syndicate dot dot pod and we post some stupid horror related videos from time to time on the tiktok at grind mjaj4w and that stuff um all that stuff's in like the show notes too so you can always go there and look for it and come check us out be in the know find out what is going on they won't let you like edit the the tiktok uh url yeah uh well i didn't i didn't name it that that i it's actually you know i think it's grindhouse horror pod but the actual like it gave me like a uh, like two names, so you know it gave it the name that I named it. But then it's listed under Grind MJAJ4W. Why I don't know. If anybody who is in the know on TikTok wants to comment, let us know. Yeah, I hate would, that. We would appreciate it. <laughs> I hate that. I haven't went in to change it because, uh, you know, everything that involves running this show is shit. I have to learn how to do. And it's something I just have not gotten time to figure out yet. So. Oh, YouTube also. Yeah. So oh, just yeah, on yeah, yeah. There's a YouTube page. Uh, it's not really like a social media and we don't like update it with what's going on with the show. But you can listen to the show there. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about news. We don't have a ton of stuff to go over. But um, so you, by the time you're hearing this, uh, Saul 10 has been out for a week now. <laughs> But for us, as the time of recording, it has just come out. It has had its, um, it just had its early limited screening, and it's doing really well. I'm hearing really good stuff about it. 
Uh, a lot of people are saying that it's like a return to that original saw feel, the, the gritty, the dirty feel. Uh, so the writers, uh, Pete Goldfinger and Josh Stolberg, said that their approach to this was um, kind of to bring up like the fran- – they wanted to really honor the franchise's history. And they also wanted to make it accessible to newcomers. So you don't have to know the whole Saw story to enjoy this movie. That is good because if you've never watched Saw and you would have to know, that's a lot to catch up on to go watch this movie. I've seen him. I've seen him, and I'm I'm kind of rusty on the Saw timeline because it it I feel like it jumps kind of back in time and present time a lot. I could watch one Saw a day, and by the time I got to the last one, I would be rusty on the story as well. Yeah, it's it's a lot of jumping. Confusing. Very very. uh, I would say almost geniusly written how they are able to jump back and forth and and still keep stuff on track without major loopholes but definitely hard to keep track of yeah i don't even know if it all adds up i haven't heard anybody say it doesn't so well, i watched i think them, it does i watched them all well that at that at that time i think there was seven seven or eight but i watched them all binge watched them all and for what i could tell they did they they all um they, they all, all kept track up. yep all adds up yeah, so they set this one like really early in the timeline, and this was to allow fan favorite characters to return. And in this one, we get Jigsaw himself, so Tobin Bell, and his right-hand woman, Amanda, played by Shawnee Smith, both return. And I think that was a great decision, because it seems like the popularity with Saul has fallen off since Jigsaw was kind of killed off or di- died off, I don't, however you would look at that, but think it made on its early screening i think it was like one day early screening and so you know so many theaters two million dollars that's pretty good that's really good for just a one day early screening with you know maybe a quarter of theaters or something that's great yeah so a24 presents amc thrills and chills october film series this is where a24 has made I typed out dead (laughs) has made a dead with AMC theaters, a deal with AMC theaters to re-release some of H24's horror hits on the big screen for the month of October. The four films that you can go check out again, or for the first time ever, uh, is the witch X midsummer and under the skin. When you buy a ticket for one of those, you will also get a month-long free trial of A24 all-access, discounts on merch, and more. I don't know what the and more is. It just they just said and more. They're they're still trying to figure that out. They're I've never heard of A24 all-access. So this is good promotion. Yeah, I I I was gonna say the same thing. Did not know. They guess they have their own streaming. What, what, was, what was that last movie, Under the Skin? Under I, the skin. I didn't see that it's one. the only one I don't uh, know. That's the, I've seen the other three that they were going to re-release those, which is kind of cool. Yeah, uh, I kind of want to check that one out. I don't know anything about Under the Skin, but really like the other three. The other three are really good. Yeah, I mean, we, we covered X. Yeah. You, if yeah. you would like to know our feelings on X, go back and listen to the episode yeah people in the future go back to the past go back yep yeah 
But yeah, in your uh, podcast, DeLorean and travel back in time. Sure, we'll be covering at some point the other two, Midsummer and The Witch. And I know The Witch. I do want to do that at one time because my feelings on the first time I seen that movie and now are much different. Yeah, it's a good movie. I haven't seen it in. I don't think I've seen it in a while, though. It's been a long time. Yeah, uh, so the last thing I have is just want to mention a lot of people probably already know about it, but so Miramax is pimping out the Halloween uh, franchise again. They're looking for people, well, not people, looking for, looking for somebody that wants to essentially rent the rights to make some more movies or whatever they want to do with it. I mean, the... The last movie just came out like last year. Was it the, the beginning? No, it was last year. It was yeah. I didn't it remember if it had been a full year yet. Yeah, I, I mean, it just came out, and they're already shopping it around for other stuff. But uh, the one thing I have heard is a twenty four is looking to get the TV rights for it, and uh, it's not really for the Michael Myers though. It's really for the season of the witch that they would like to do. Uh, from you know from what they're saying and if you don't know what that is that is like the standalone movie that has nothing to do with michael myers completely different plot completely different everything it's part part three yep yeah i don't mean i don't know about that decision i think that would be really cool because i think susan of the witch is a good movie but from a financial standpoint i feel like uh we're gonna pay all that money for the rights and not not use Michael Myers. Cause I'm sure the the price on rent like you think think your house or apartment rents bad. Imagine <laughs> renting rent, Michael Myers. Rent, rent on the whole house. I mean that's Lori Strode and all. That ain't even just him. Yeah. That's everybody. Yeah. I I would imagine that's a steep price tag. Probably not cheap. Uh so you got anything you want to add in there? So Terrifier too, that I did see they're sending that back to theaters, although that also hasn't hasn't been out that long, but they're sending it back to theaters, I think, beginning November 1st. Hmm. And uh, they promise some surprises for those who go to the theaters to see it. So I would imagine there's going to be some maybe a preview of the third one um, and the and the post credits. Some something surprising they promise. So, well, I certainly hope they don't have some deleted scenes to add in there because that's already a long ass movie. <laughs> They're going to give you another, another hour on top of the three. Oh uh, man, that is, I mean, it's a great movie, but it's long It's long. I feel like if I was at the movie theater, I'd have to take a trip down the hallway or something, go get some popcorn, just stretch my legs. That's a long, that's a long time. To sit. Yeah, if this was two thousands, that, that movie be on two discs. Did I announce we're doing Trick or Treat yet? I don't think you said a word about Trick or Treat. Oh, yeah, shit. So the movie that we're doing is uh, is Trick or Treat. Hopefully they can see it in the titles. Yeah. You don't forget to put sense. it in there. No, I, I, I filled that out correctly, I believe. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so this was a first-time watch for both of us. I had never seen Trick or Treat until two days ago. Yeah, mine was about two hours ago. Yep, though. So. It was a movie that just kind of slipped past me. I mean, I I knew who the character Sam was. I mean, he's, you know, 
all over the place, especially if you go Spirit Halloween. They got a ton of stuff for him there. So I was aware of him, but I wasn't really aware. Uh, I thought it was more of a, uh, I don't want to say a kid's movie. I thought it was more of like a, like a toned down fun horror movie. I did not realize that it was like a rated R fun movie. And once I found that out and I found out like it's, it's just kind of dripping with Halloween. Like it's just soaked in Halloween. Uh, I, I wanted, I wanted to not only watch it, but I wanted to cover it for these Halloween episodes. Cause I think this is a movie that would, you could watch at the beginning of October and really kind of get you in that Halloween spirit. Yeah. I was surprised that this one came out in 2007. Cause I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't hear anything about it. I think it took some time to, to kind of gain the cult following that it does have. And I would start seeing on like, like horror movie character posters, uh, Sam pop up and then spirit Halloween. And yeah, just, you know, it's, it slowly gained its following and it definitely slipped past. Yep. Yeah. And we'll, we'll now kind of talk a little bit about it. So Trick or Treat is a 2007 American anthology horror comedy film written and directed by Michael Doherty and produced by Brian Singer. The film stars Anna Paquin, Dylan Baker, Brian Cox, and many other people. It has a pretty pretty big cast, but we will name them all. Uh, it, it relates four Halloween horror stories with a common element in them, which is Sam a trick-or-treating demon who wears orange footy pajamas and a burlap sack over his head. The character makes an appearance in each of the stories whenever one of the other characters breaks a Halloween tradition. The cinematographer was Glenn McPherson. It was edited by Robert Odson and music by Douglas Pipes. That's an interesting, interesting last name for music. Uh, he likes... Pipes. He likes uh, music so much he changed his last name. Yeah, he didn't want it. He didn't want it to be too obvious. He plays the flute. Yep. It has a running time of eighty-two minutes, so an hour and twenty-two minutes. This is a short one. It's not a really long movie. Uh, it was originally released for its first public screening at the Harry Knowles. But numb a thon film festival. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had to take a moment before I said that because that's uh tricky. Uh in Austin, Texas on December 9th, 2007. Uh after that, it appeared at many other film festivals around the country, including Screamfest on October 10th, 2008. Yep, it barely cracked 2007. It came out de- yep. December. Yep. Ah. Uh, the film didn't actually have a full-on nationwide uh, theater release until October 6th of 2022. Huh? Yeah. Well, that makes that makes sense of of why it seems to have blown up yep, a lot that, more yep. than what it was. I guess it was that cult following over the years kind of pushed it into a, a theatrical, a full theatrical release. Yeah, that's crazy. 2022. I mean, damn. Uh, Warner Brothers and Legendary Pictures released the film direct to DVD and Blu-ray in North America on October 6th of 2009. Shout Factory released a collector's edition Blu-ray on October 9th, 2018 with all the extras from the previous versions of DVD Blu-ray releases and also included new extra content. 
One of the extras on the Blu-ray release is Season's Greetings, an animated short created by writer and director Michael Doherty in 1996 while he was still in college. He credits this as the precursor to the film and the invention of Sam. It was aired on Fearnet in October 2013 as part of a 24-hour trick-or-treat marathon for Halloween. The movie was filmed on location in Vancouver, British Columbia. It was originally slated for an October 5th, 2007 release. It was announced in September 2007 that the film had been pushed back. After many festival screenings, it was released on home media in 2009. I will say the extras on the uh, the Blu-ray is how every movie should have. Like they got, uh, they have, they have that. They have, uh, it's a little documentary that touches on the history of all the uh, things that we do for Halloween. Mm-hmm. It kind of touches touches on the history and you know how it relates to the movie, and it's pretty good. Yeah, if you're if you're into Halloween, which you know most people that watch that movie are, there's a cool little, you know, I don't know, maybe it's like thirty minute documentary where they talk a lot about the history of Halloween. So, And if you're not into Halloween, you should rethink your life. Yes. In 2017, Halloween Horror Nights brought the film to life with a scare zone. The reception led to a full maze for the event in 2018. In 2008, it won the Audience Choice Awards at ScreenFest, and in 2009, it won the Silver Audience Award at the After Dark Film Festival. Yes, yeah, so... There's not a ton of, there's almost no information on why this movie got pushed back so many times. And, you know, essentially like it was almost canceled from theaters. And basically, uh, you know, there's a couple things. One of them being like uh, one of the Saws had was scheduled to release at the same time and they didn't want it to compete with that. And so they kind of delayed it. And then I guess um, some of the superhero movies bombed and the superhero movies were done by these guys too yeah i did see that actually yeah. in that that uh, little extra i was talking about the guy did uh like superman like, return yeah superman bombed and uh something else and they were pretty much like well man if these guys can't make a good superhero movie then maybe we should not release this halloween movie and a lot of people kind of think that that's what what caused this to happen because they originally announced that it was going to come out and then all of a sudden for no reason they just kind of canceled it you're talking about originally back in 2007 yeah yeah yeah, back then yeah so that's why eventually they just released it on dvd because it kind of just sat for so long it was playing at festivals but that that was really it but but yeah there's there's no there's no concrete information on really what happened Somebody out there knows they're just not telling. So the ratings for this, uh, the Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 82%. IMDb gave it a 6.7 out of 10. And Letterboxd gave it a 3.5 out of 5. It is available to stream on AMC Plus and you can rent it on Amazon, Apple, Redbox, YouTube, and all just pretty much it pretty much anywhere you can rent shit. I bought my Blu-ray copy from Amazon for like eight or nine bucks. So uh, you can spend, you know, eight dollars on a month 
to stream it or four dollars to rent it or you can just spend like eight or nine bucks and just buy it so that's what i did um so plot you want to talk about plot yeah let's get into it it's got a little little jumpy oh yeah this was uh challenging to write as an as a episode this this is this is all over the place yeah, my notes are a little all over the place. Definitely one to, that's hard to keep keep on the same same thought because it's, it's so many different so many different places and jumping back and forth. I think I got it down though. It it took a little bit, but I think I got it down. So we start off meeting this couple. They're dressed in very terrible Halloween costumes. They're walking down the sidewalk, and when they arrive, uh, pretty much in front of their house. And they uh, they're talking and, you know, they mentioned that they've just come from the town's Halloween festival and are heading inside for the night. They're done. So they have just returned from the town's Halloween festival and they're heading inside for the night. Their front yard is like full of scary decorations and props and something called ghost crows, which I didn't even know that had a name. Have you ever seen a seen a ghost crow? No, it, I mean, it wasn't terrible. It was, you know, it's like, kind of cool. But my question is, how much money and white sheets did this? Did they pay for their decorations? Like, a lot. Like, if you look at all the white sheets they have, you know, that's $20 a sheet. Spent a lot of money on some, some, some ghosts and some ghost crows. Yeah, if you don't know what a ghost crow is, it's essentially just a scarecrow, but in ghost form. It's like a sheet over top of it. Is, That's really it. Is this a, like an actual thing that people do? Or I don't know. I guess just like they came up with it for the movie. Don't know. Uh, probably for the movie because yeah, it, it kind of fits the scene. Yeah, maybe. So, uh, you know, we learned that the woman's name, she, her name's Emma, and she cannot wait to get inside to remove her her awful robot costume. Her box. Yeah, that thing's terrible. So when she's, you know, taking this costume off, she blows out the jack-o'-lantern candle before walking into the yard. And Henry, he warns her against this because it is against tradition to undecorate before midnight on Halloween. Uh, Emma sucks and she demands to start removing the decorations immediately because she hates Halloween. And all the decorations. Well, she, she says her mom will have an aneurysm. She's like, my parents are coming into town in the morning, and my mom will have an aneurysm if she sees this. Like, what kind of fucking mom does she have? Like, for a one terrible who, one who takes their Halloween decorations down the night of Halloween, and for That's two, weird. like, why would her parents care if they decorate it? For, it's not like they had like some some satanic shit up. It was a bunch of jack o' lanterns and. Scare ghosts or scarecrow ghosts. Scarecrow ghosts. Scare ghosts. Yeah. Her mom sucks, and that, that kind of shed some light on why she probably sucks. So Henry, which is like the boyfriend slash husband, it doesn't really say uh, if they're married or anything, but I assume they are. So Henry, who he loves Halloween, he pretty much starts to protest this, and he tells Emma that he will start taking them down in the morning. And he then tries to get Emma to come inside for some sex. She gets pretty agitated and tells him that she will uh, clean up the yard tonight by herself. And for him to go inside and put on the tape. And she's a little freaky. I'm like, she's like, put on the, 
put put on the porn. I'll be up there. They need like a VHS porno though. <laughs> it's like yeah, they, you don't need it, but you know some some people. It, uh, yeah, but the way she says it, it's almost like that's what they do every time they fuck. Like, go get the tape. Like it she sucks, says, go it get sounds the tape. Like she, they only have one, so they watch the same one over. Yeah, because she again. didn't say like one of the tapes. She's like the tape, so yeah, they this, watch the same one over. So two thousand seven, there was there was internet porn. Then I can confirm. So I'm not sure why they're using like a, you know, they probably had to go in the the bad kitty shop or whatever. Maybe it's the only tape they have. (laughs) So Henry gets excited and he goes inside and Emma starts ripping down the decorations. And she's pretty much like, I hate Halloween. She she's all they're not painting a good character of her at all. But as she removes one of the sheets from the ghost crows, it lunges at her, covering her with the sheet. And then we pretty much see Emma like struggling to fight off like someone or something inside the cloth with her. The figure then takes a half bitten pumpkin shaped sucker and slices Emma's throat, causing her blood to soak the sheet. Do they show that? So So in the the movie in the beginning, I think they insinuated at the end. But I think in, in the movie, you just get this really awesome shot from outside the sheet. And it's just like. A, just a huge blood splatter splatters the soaks the sheet. Yeah, he, well, he, really he cool. takes the the sucker. You see that, and like it's like sharp, and then you see his hand go forward, and then you see the blood splatter. In this movie, they don't actually show. Um, I was reading about it. They don't show actually any of the kills. Like I'm aware, I was back from every one of them. I went to do my best kill, and I uh, started going through it in my head, and was like, well. It's kind of hard to pick a best kill when mm. you, they don't show the kills, but they highly insinuate that she got cut the fuck up. Yeah, she she does. She gets fucked up, which she deserves it because she hates Halloween and she's being a bitch about it. She does. Period. Fuck those white sheets and fuck Emma yep. and her hate for Halloween. Yes. So Henry wakes up a little bit later on the bed and he's you know wondering where Emma is, where she hasn't returned. And he goes uh, pretty much looking for her. And he walks out into the yard and he notices that one of the ghost crows now has lights placed on it. He yanks the sheet off and he screams in terror as he sees Emma's decapitated head placed on a stake. Uh, And then you kind of get a shot of the pumpkin sucker that she got killed with just like lodged in her mouth. Yeah, I didn't didn't quite realize what that was lodged in her mouth until later on in the movie when the pumpkin sucker became a thing and then it kind of clicked i was like did he stick a fucking coaster in that bitch's (laughs) mouth (laughs) like where's the random like hockey puck or coaster come from (laughs) it looks like one of those little pucks from um air hockey Mm -hmm. and this dude you know this is the only porn tape they they got because he fell asleep yeah. Like the motherfucker fellas, he's done seen this thing probably way too many times. Way too many times. Yeah. Unfortunate for him. But yeah, so that's pretty much, you know, our uh, dope ass intro we got. It was a good intro. Speaking of intro, this is one of the coolest intros to a movie that I think I've seen in a long time. Their, their comic book style Halloween yeah. intro, fucking love it. Like I could. If they did every movie like that, I'd be stoked. Like, yeah, it was a total, total cool. 
total like super get you like in the mood for some Halloween. Like it's orange and black comic book style. And it kind of goes through some some shots in it too. Yeah. Yeah, It kind of goes through some shots of what's going to be in in the movie. And that was really cool. Loved it. So, yeah, um, you know, we get this really cool comic book style opening. And it tells us that this story takes place in the fictional town of Warren Valley, Ohio on Halloween night. So we cut to this big Halloween festival that's like going on in town. And we're get, we get this uh, news report about how this is an important event for the town. There are tons of people in costumes. People are partying and just having a really good time. Then we head into a costume shop where we meet four girls kind of trying on costumes. And they are talking about how they uh, have these traditions that they follow every year. And we find out that two of these girls are sisters. And one of them is named Lori. And she's a little shy and doesn't really fit in with this group. It's fa- that, that becomes like very obvious right off the bat. Uh, she's really embarrassed by her little red riding hood costume. And doesn't seem like she's too excited for the festivities to come. Then we cut to this older kid just walking down the neighborhood. He's smashing people's pumpkins just being a, a, an asshole. And he spots a house that has a uh, unattended bowl of candy on the porch. He begins to take the whole bowl, uh, just you know, like some asshole kids do. I mean, that that ha- that's happened to us yeah. personally every every year when we step away from the damn bowl. There's always somebody comes takes most of the candy. Yeah, I got kids to trick or treat with, and every fucking time, I feel like anybody who's ever had to leave a bowl of candy out knows, like. I remember being a kid and seeing the signs when people did this, the take one, please sign or the take two. Yeah. And I used to, you know, it it used to kind of be like, why does everybody put these signs on? Now that I'm grown and I have kids where I have to step out and go trick or treating for, you know, an hour or two. And every time some kids just absolutely fucking dump the whole bowl. Yeah. Some kids suck, man. Yeah, and once you become an adult, you realize how expensive that shit is. Yeah, they just took like eight dollars in candy. Yeah, shit, a bag of candy at Walmart. I think I seen the other day. It was like it's like twenty dollars. No, it's like twenty dollars and eighty eight cents. That's crazy. Good God. So yeah, he begins to take the whole bowl uh, when he is startled by Principal Stephen Wilkins. They sit down on the porch where Wilkins begins to explain the etiquette and rules of Halloween. And as he's talking, the kid begins to cough. uh, Wilkins tells him that the most important rule of Halloween is to always check your candy. The kid starts to then violently vomit a blood and chocolate mixture until he finally passes out. Wilkins drags the kid inside just before some trick-or-treaters ring his doorbell. Uh, Wilkins then dumps the kid's body in a grave that he has like already dug in his backyard. And uh, this is where we see he has some other kids' bodies like already in this grave. Yeah, apparently this is a yearly tradition is what I took from this. Like this is a every year thing. He, he puts this little gnome back over the same spot yeah. and because he he mentions to that kid talking about traditions 
Yeah, he talks about how his dad like taught him a lot of these traditions. He too, said he but... mentioned something about like a new tradition, and I assume that's what he meant. That was his tradition. Uh, another thing that I took from this is our generation, we always had to check your candy because people putting drugs in your candy. <laughs> yeah. And so what I didn't realize until I watched that documentary, that was short documentary afterwards, was in the 80s, it was check your can- kid's candy for poison because they always thought somebody was going to poison your candy. Our generation, of course, it's drugs as if people want to give away free fucking drugs. Yeah. People don't. Um but I thought that was interesting. I didn't know that that went that far back. But yeah, that actually in real life all stems just from there's the only one, the one case, case of that yeah. ever happening. And it was a guy who killed his own kid that way. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. And tried to blame it on somebody in the Halloween candy. And he ended up getting caught. So he never he tried actually to fuck up happened. Halloween, man. He did. What a bastard. What a fucking bastard. But yeah, there's there's no cases ever. Of that actually happening, uh, kids candy. I think the closest to it is I seen a video a couple of years ago. Somebody putting like razor blade, uh, put like uh, cut it open and put like a razor blade in there or something. Yeah, that's been a thing since I was a kid. I've heard that, but I've never actually heard of it really happening. But uh, as he tries to bury the bodies, his his <laughs> I love this part. His young son keeps interrupting him by yelling from the second story window. I love when his kids like Charlie Brown's an asshole. Yeah. I fucking love that. Cause I'm like, yeah, fuck Charlie Brown. <laughs> this part reminds me of, of you. <laughs> wow. Because not, Was not I that annoying no, as no, a kid. No, 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 no. <laughs> not like that because he's trying to do something and he's got this kid. That's like, that's just, won't, won't stop, stop fucking with and them. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think every parent gets to that point uh, at some point. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that, that's why it reminded me of this. Yeah, so uh, once his kid finally stops interrupting him, he tries to go back to burying these bodies, and then we see uh, his neighbor's dog then starts barking at him. And this causes his old ass neighbor, uh, Mr. Was it uh, Craig? Krieg? I think it's Krieg. Hold on. I got it here. I don't I don't think that's Oh, it. I mean I wrote it down. I'm just making sure uh, I pronounce it right. It's, it's Krieg. It's Mr. Krieg. Krieg. Yeah. yeah. Um, is so it causes him to become suspicious of what Wilkins is doing. Uh, while trying to make up an excuse to kind of satisfy his neighbor, we see that one of these kids is actually still alive. Wilkins kicks the kid in the face many times to render him unconscious. And once he finishes burying these bodies, finally, he goes to walk back inside and catches a glimpse of Mr. Creek screaming for his help through his window. Uh, Wilkins bitterly ignores him and walks back into the house like, yeah, fuck you, dude. One thing I noticed is that one of the kids. So it seems like this is that the fat kid was not the, the first kid that he had killed that night. Because it looks like the kid who's reaching up that's still uh, obviously alive had like a clown costume on or something. Uh, you can see like the, the sleeves of it, um, of his costume. So that's one thing that I thought they were going to address later on in the movie, but they didn't. But apparently uh, Principal Wilkins is uh, on a roll mm. Halloween night. Yeah. And I also thought 
why is his fucking neighbor tripping? Like, it's uh, he's in his, somebody's in their backyard. Like, why is he freaking out? Which does get explained later on in the movie. Yeah. So I'm glad they touched on that. But I was like, if my neighbor came out freaking out, out on me like that, I wouldn't be too happy. He tries to handle it. I mean, I guess the, the best principal. way he, he could. Can't, yeah. I mean, what can he do? He can't, he can't end up on the news. But um, yeah, I'm gl- but I'm glad they go back and touch on that. But yeah, so Wilkins's son, Billy, then begs his dad to go and uh, so they could go carve the jack-o'-lantern. Wilkins, appearing very annoyed at this point, grabs a butcher knife and takes Billy to the basement. Wilkins and Billy walk over to a table that appears to have pumpkin carving stuff on it. And Billy says, let's make a scary face this time. Wilkins raises the knife like he is going to stab Billy and thrust it down into something soft. We see the knife is now covered in blood. And then we hear Billy say, don't forget to help me with the eyes. We then get this shot of both of them standing together, looking at the, that kid from before Charlie's severed head on a wooden turntable. I love this part. I, 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 when I was watching this and I seen this, I was like, I like where this is going. I was, I, I was pretty excited because I'm like, you know, we've, we've started off with a kill, especially a kill somebody I didn't like. And now we've moved into this part and, you know, this isn't like a, like a feel-good type principle. This principle is literally murdering kids on Halloween. I think and he then, may have killed his wife, too. And then teaching, like, his son to murder these people. I was like, oh, this is this is getting dark. Yeah, I love the uh, how long they kind of let you sit. And you're like, oh, my God, did he stab his kid? Like, the kid was yeah, fucking yeah, annoying, yeah, but yeah. goddamn, not that annoying. And then he he comes up and you see the blood on the knife and then you're like, shit, he stabbed his kid in the fucking head. And then uh, the great reveal, which was uh, a really well done decapitated head. Uh, Give a shout out to the FX team on that. They, They did a really good job with that. But yeah, pretty good twist. So we head back over to the four girls from before and they are now looking for dates at this big Halloween event in the middle of town. We learned that Lori is a very shy girl who has trouble approaching men and that she is a virgin and she wants her first time to be special. The other three girls tell her that it's not that big of a deal and just to get it over with. They try to give her advice on how to pick up dates and then we see that uh, two of them, two of the other girls, they walk up to some men who are like loading equipment into a news van and they ask them to accompany them to a party later. Next, we meet Macy, Schrader, Chip, and Sarah, who are about 13 or 14 years old, and they are out trick-or-treating when they ring the doorbell of what seems to be some kind of Halloween orgy of old people. They, they were getting down. <laughs> super, the lady who opens the door, she's like super fucked she's up. She's fucking wasted. <laughs> she's like, she's that, she's that aunt that tries to sneak you alcohol. Like Probably. That, that cool aunt that you grow up and realize is you don't want anywhere near your kids. Yeah, if you look into the background too, there's like all these old people making out all over each other. And I was like, oh, the guy in the, the banana fuck? costumes, like like dry humping some chick back there. Yeah, this is wild. These these older folks are getting down, but yeah, this is this is if you're an old person, this is the party you want to be at. Yeah. Fuck the nursing homes party that they throw every year. This is where it's at. 
So uh, next, they head over to meet up with a schoolmate named Rhonda, who they call Rhonda the Retard behind her back. They obviously don't really like her, and they've kind of just invited her along for what I could tell right off the bat was like a cruel prank. I, I knew I could tell by the way they were talking about her before she walked up that they're going to do something fucked up to her. And I don't know why, but I hate Schrader's face. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. He's just I didn't got a develop. He's any got a face. As soon as I seen him, I was like, I hate his face. Is it worse face. than that fucking kid from the visit rapping? Can't be that bad. It's not that bad, but it's pretty cool. I just don't. I don't know, man. I just don't like his face. I thought, by the way, that he was treating Rhonda, that he was going to kind of have her back a little more. Um, yeah, fuck you, Schrader. Yeah. Fuck all of those kids. Yep. Except Rhonda, who gives a great explanation of the actual origins of Halloween. So shout out to her. Yeah, and then you got Sarah's got a fucking erector set on her teeth. What yeah. the fuck was that thing? Yeah. When I first seen that. I was like, people what is that's that? part of her Halloween costume. But yeah, so Schrader greets Rhonda as she walks through the fence and he tells her to bring one of her nice carved pumpkins. Like a, she carves like a whole yard full of pumpkins like real badass and he's you know you know complimenting her on it even though he's about to do some fucked up shit but so as uh macy leads the group onward Rhonda talks to chip about the origins of halloween and soon after they arrive at an abandoned rock quarry where sarah asks why are they there and why did they bring the pumpkins in the middle of this story we get a quick little side story where we're kind of back at the Halloween festival in town and we see a man and a woman. They're like standing in an alleyway and they're like passionately making out and they're both like uh, they're both in costume. But the man, he's wearing a, a hood and like a half mask to kind of conceal his identity. And we see that the woman, she notices that she's like bleeding from her neck in like multiple spots. And uh, we see that this man has vampire teeth. She starts to panic. She tries to run towards the crowd that's like out in the street. And she's kind of starting to lose consciousness as she's running. But she manages to make it to a group of people, which just happened to be Emma and Henry from the beginning of the movie. They cast her off as just being like some uh, one of the drunk people and they refuse to help her. And as she turns around, the vampire man is standing behind her. He grabs her and he goes for her neck. Then we see him place her like blood drained body down on the sidewalk where she pretty much like blends in with some other passed out drunk people. And he kind of walks away into the crowd. So now we, we jump back to the kids at the quarry and Macy begins to explain that this is the exact site of the fatal bus crash known as the Halloween school bus massacre. Watch dun, dun, out dun, telling this story. Dun, dun, dun. She might get pissed off at you. This thing's got a long name. I, I love the way she gets pissed off about like uh, that one kid starts like trying to tell the the quick version of yeah. the story, which is what everybody always wants to hear. And she, you can tell by the way she says this, she like practiced the story. For this prank they're doing. She's, she's always got bitch face. She too, is man. a fucking. She's not just bitch face. She's got bitch attitude as yeah. well. She's got f full on bitch going. 
So yeah, this event happened 30 years prior and is known as pretty much a local legend. Macy explains that the bus was carrying eight mentally disabled children on Halloween, and they were all dressed in these like homemade creepy mask kind of uh, costumes for a party at school. And uh, they were all like very troubled to the point where they had to be chained to their seats in the bus. Seems like that's not very safe, but whatever. Uh, on that day, after the bus left the school, the driver deviated from his normal route. Uh, their parents, no longer able to stand the strain and humiliation of caring for them, paid this bus driver to kill them by driving the bus into a lake at the quarry, intending it to look like an accident. While the bus driver, one by one, checks the kids' chains, one of the kids gets free and jumps in the driver's seat of the bus. The bus takes off and drives right over the cliff. The bus falls down the cliff and sinks in the water. We then see that only one person escapes from the underwater bus. The bus driver slowly climbs back onto the shore while Macy proclaims that he was never seen again. I don't really get the the reasoning for this kid like breaking out of his cuffs. Just to jump in the driver's seat and drive it right fucking over the edge he's anyway. He's freaking out, man. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so the bus was never recovered from the lake and it still sits there to this day. Macy wants to take the, uh, there's like an old elevator, take that down to the bottom of the cliff and place their pumpkins next to the lake to pay respects to the dead children. As they all go to board this elevator, Macy stops Rhonda and Chip proclaiming that it only holds three at a time. Macy, Schrader, and Sarah head down first and send the elevator back up for Rhonda and Chip. So they get inside, they turn the key, and they start heading down. And on their way down, they can only like hear Macy and Schrader and Sarah's voices, but they can see kind of the lights from their pumpkins. And then all of a sudden, they see like one by one, the pumpkin lights vanish, and then they kind of hear some screams. Once they get down to the bottom, Rhonda tells Chip to stay by the elevator while she goes to look for the others. And as she like walks through the thick mist, she comes across uh, the wreckage of the bus and is like, like she sees like the their mass still floating in the water and the wrecked bus and stuff. And then she gets suddenly attacked by like two water drenched like zombie like things. Uh, she runs back to the elevator where she stumbles across a disemboweled chip. As they chase her, uh, she stumbles, she loses her glasses, uh, and then she eventually ends up tripping and hitting her head on a rock. And that causes her to black out. When she comes to, they reveal to her that it was all a prank and Schrader kind of comforts her. He's fucking hate this dude. He comforts her while uh, Macy and Sarah go to kind of gather their belongings from the lake. Like he's like, oh, I'm taking charge now and I'm going to comfort her. And he, you guys go get stuff. We're leaving. You know, like he now all of a sudden he wants to be like this good dude or whatever. But he sucks. But yeah, so as they go get their belongings from the lake, you see Macy. She kicks the jack-o'-lantern. Uh, into the lake she don't really give a fuck and um basically they get they get scared they're they're getting chased by shit they take off running schrader hears like these screams from them and he pretty much leads Rhonda to like the elevator and he's 
like, I'm going to go run and see what's going on. So you stay here. So he takes off and he goes running kind of towards the screams and he kind of runs into like Macy and them. And they're like, Oh fuck. There's, I don't know. They don't say like zombies. They say somebody, that's what it is. They, somebody else is here. They take off running towards the elevator altogether. And that Sarah bitch gets like snatched up by like a chain. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She got snatched up and Rhonda is like, fuck all of you. Yeah, Sarah's like running. She's like the first one that gets got. And then the other three, they make it to the elevator only to find Rhonda has locked herself in it. They beg her to open the door, but Rhonda kind of stares at them blankly and then pushes the up button. She's like, see ya. This is called instant fucking karma. Yeah, this is uh, great. I love this. We then see Macy, Schrader, and Chip. They get surrounded by these zombie kids and uh, Rhonda pretty much heads to the top in the elevator, like, fuck them. Uh, we then hear them scream as Rhonda pulls a wagon full of pumpkins, and she briefly kind of shares this look with uh, with Sam. This is interesting. Um, she passes him as if she recognizes him. Like, this isn't the first time she's seen Sam. Um, it's almost like she's aware of him being there. They, they share a look with each other. She doesn't stop or think it's weird or anything. It seems like she is aware of the existence of Sam, which is interesting because her yard is actually covered in those jack-o'-lanterns. And at the end, we'll get to that later on, but at the end, Mr. Keegs, Keegs, uh, his yard ends up the same way. Yeah. After Sam. So I'm wondering if these two have some sort of connection through her love of Halloween. Yeah, I don't know. It is. It's an odd scene because they kind of just look at each other and it's almost like he's acknowledging, like supporting what she just did. Like, yeah, fuck them. Well, Sam's kind of like the spirit of Halloween. Yeah, he he really is. He comes there to kill them because. You know, we'll talk a little bit later about it, about kind of like Sam's like rules for Halloween, but they kind of violated two of them. And I think he's there to kill him. But Rhonda kind of takes care of it before he gets to it. And he's he's almost given her that look of like, good job. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, it just seemed as if she wasn't surprised that like it wasn't it was like they she recognized him and I. And they don't really touch on it in the movie, but I think through her love of Halloween and Sam being kind of the spirit of Halloween, it's, uh, I thought it was an interesting shot they put in there. They didn't have to, but they obviously put it in there for a reason. Yeah, so then we jump back to Lori, who is now at this Halloween festival alone. And she's there kind of still looking for uh, a date. And the other three, they went on ahead to the party without her, but they all agreed to meet there later. We then see the vampire man from earlier share this intense look between Lori and himself. And uh, at this time, Lori's sister calls her on the phone and tells her that she found her a date there at the party and just to, you know, go ahead and come on over. Lori agrees and begins to head through the woods to the party. Do you remember the guy that she wanted to hook Lori up with? You remember him? Yeah, the fucking fat guy in the diaper. Okay, yeah. So quick little interesting thing about him. The reason that he is in that costume, that like baby costume, kid costume or whatever, 
is because he's kind of like a little Easter egg in this movie. He is the same guy who played the baby ghost, the the man baby ghost in 13. 13 ghosts. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. He's put in there on purpose. That's cool. Yeah. That's a that's a good Easter egg. Yeah. I thought that was Uh, interesting. Yeah. That's I like that they did that now. Because I thought, what a weird fucking costume for somebody to wear. Yeah, but that meant, and now that you now that you mention it, I I, I kind of see it. Yeah. So as Lori, she uh, she's like walking through the woods, walking down this path, and she begins to hear sounds behind her and suspects that someone is following her. Uh, as she suddenly turns around, the vampire man is standing there, and he immediately grabs her. He spins her around, and he starts to lick at her neck. And whisper in her ear. This guy's such a fucking creep, man. Like, this guy gives all such creep vibes. Like, we end up finding out who it is. But yeah. uh, at this point, I'm like, good, good. Like, this is like the guy who steals his cousin or sister's panties or something. It's <laughs> just fucking weird. Like, he's uh, just gives you, like, really, really bad vibes. Yeah, he says, uh, he says in her ear. My, my, what big eyes you have. That comes back a little later. Uh, He then deeply bites into her neck, and we then see Lori let out a loud scream in pain. We then cut to the party in the woods, and the other girls are kind of talking about Lori and wondering where she is, and then all of a sudden, one of the girls screams as someone falls from the trees above. This person that falls is wearing Lori's red hood and cape, so we assume the vampire has killed Lori and dropped her from the trees for some reason. Uh, Lori's sister rushes over to help her, but discovers that it's not her. Surprise, surprise. It is the vampire man, and he's pretty fucked up. He's, like, bleeding from his mouth, his, like leg is like he's got a bone sticking out of his leg like his leg is broken he he's fucked up and he is kind of asking for help uh he can barely talk yeah yeah whatever happened to him wasn't good i i love this twist this is a twist that oh, yeah. i i did not see coming i've 100 thought that that was Lori in her little red riding hood costume which now, uh, now that I mentioned that, it kind of makes sense yeah. of why they put her in that costume. I'm just now putting that together, but um, yeah, I love the you, twist. Yeah, there's another one I I, I try not to mention about like yet. I don't want to forget about it, but it's coming up in a minute, and if I, hopefully I can remember. But um, so Lori comes walking up from behind, and her sister asks her what happened. And she explains uh, that she tried to play hard to get as per the advice from the other girls earlier. The vampire man then bit her and then she fucked him up. And uh, one of the other girls goes to remove his fangs only to discover that they are fake. Uh, She then removes his mask only to reveal that it is Principal Wilkins. This creepy dude, ass principal. This dude Wilkins. is got a busy night. I said he had a date. Like, jeez. These must be some really, really good fake vampire teeth. Because I'm going to assume that that's how he killed the first girl. They never show it. Like, they actually never show him bite her. She just ends up, I guess, bleeding to death. Yeah. 
but yeah, shout out to the makers of those fangs. They it's a good, good quality fangs. Good, good quality. Absolutely. A dentist probably made those. Uh, Wilkins begins to look around the party and he notices uh, all these dead bodies that are just like scattered around this fire. And uh, all these are all the dates that the girls have brought and they've all been like brutally murdered. Lori tells her sister that she is nervous about her first time, but her sister reassures her that it'll be fine and to just go for it. Lori straddles Wilkins on the ground and starts ripping his clothes off. We then see all the other girls start ripping their clothes off while beginning to change. Uh, they then start ripping their fucking skin off and morphing into werewolves. This is one of, if not my favorite scene, this whole, this whole scene and its entirety uh, of the movie. I love this scene. The FX department with the ripping of the skin off. Like that is out of all the morphing in the werewolf that I've seen in movies. That's probably the coolest one. And it didn't take a bunch of CGI and stuff like the actual to cut your skin open and rip it off and be a werewolf underneath was awesome. Yeah, all the werewolf stuff was actually done by the same um, special effects company that did all the Underworld movies, hmm. which is the vampire and versus werewolf uh, movies that are real popular. But. Well, I don't, I don't know if those werewolves morph in the same way, but I thought it was the coolest werewolf changing scene I've ever seen. And then the whole the scene all together, like. Uh, the music in the background, like all the all the dead, all the dead bodies, the the nudity, the whole thing just has like a Halloween party feel to it. Yet, if I ever get eaten by a werewolf, I hope it goes something like this. <laughs> yeah, but leave the uh, skin I mean, on. Damn, leave the skin. Yeah, because she's like sexually straddling him, and you're like, is she gonna? She gonna rape and eat she him. She is so so fine too when she's like changing into a werewolf. Oh man, she and, is until the skin. Beautiful, yes. beautiful. Yeah. Well, she doesn't ever rip her skin off. Yeah, but they you, you, they insinuate that her skin is gonna be ripped off at some point. Eventually, and, but we don't uh, we don't see it. Yeah, I don't know if it's like a thing with werewolves to like have sex before. I know there's a lot of sexual tension in vampire culture, like the whole like vampire. I think she's super just gonna eat him. I don't think stuff. she's gonna fuck him. She's gonna uh, eat him. Yeah, but she clearly, you know, I'm never gonna eat anybody. I can almost guarantee. But if I ever was to eat somebody, I'm not going to sexually straddle them. Uh, like there's clearly some sexual, uh, some sexual yeah, the, the, stuff going on there. It's a very sexual thing. It's like similar to the vampires <clears throat> or everything with them yeah. is sexual. Yeah, a lot of a lot of sexuality within the, the vampire thing. Uh love this scene though. The the way it was shot, the music, the, the nudity, the way they morphed, uh and the fact that that stupid fucking guy from the costume store is also dead. <laughs> they don't show him dead. But, but we know who the dead. fuck dresses up as a Christmas elf for Halloween. Him. He works in a costume shop. Yeah. He has like any cooler. costume that he has that any anything. He could have been anything. And he chooses to be a Christmas elf for Halloween. Like he deserved to get eaten for that. 
Oh yeah. So what, you know, what I didn't want to forget a minute ago. Now I can say, cause we've already revealed it. You remember one of the girls has like the, like the bow peep. Mm-hmm. That's wolf in sheep's clothing. Ah. Yeah. That's cool. Hmm. That's yeah. That's like, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, we then see Lori repeat what Wilkins said to her earlier. My, my, what big eyes you have. She then chomps into his neck. The werewolves start howling, and we see that Sam is sitting on a log watching Wilkins be eaten. We then fade into a shot of Mr. Krieg's house with three unnamed kids standing in front of it. They walk up to the door. They ring the bell. The door opens, and it's like pitch black. And then we see some glowing eyes, and then we hear some growling. Uh, Then we see the kids just say, fuck this. They take off running. They drop their candy. They're out of there. Mr. Krieg appears in the doorway and calls his dog to him. We see that he has his dog like dressed up in this costume, pretty much made to scare children away who come looking for candy. He then collects the children's drop candy from the porch and retreats inside. This is where we see him. He's standing at the fireplace and he's like burning some old photos of himself. Uh, He sits to watch TV, but gets kind of aggravated because like everything on TV is like Halloween related. The first two being werewolf related too. No, yeah, I I didn't notice that. Yeah, I did. uh, Because I was was like, are they going to keep going with everyone? He ends up being so bored, he turns it back to the infomercial. So you remember that infomercial? Yes, I remember that I very remember well. When I seen it. that, I was like, oh my God, I remember that being on like forever at nighttime. Like, you know, mm-hmm. once you hit like one o'clock in the morning trying to find something actually interesting to watch back then sucked because they just i guess they saved all the interesting shit for when everyone was awake so they would they would play these infomercials and this particular infomercial was like constantly on what was it set Set it it and and forget forget it it. yeah yeah that uh that was like a almost like a turkey baster but it was it was set up to where you can like eject shit in the meat yeah um yeah, I I remembered that very well. well. As soon as I seen that, I was like, "Oh my god, that's that brings back some three o'clock in the morning, nothing to watch nostalgia." Well, that dude too, like he sold all kinds of like kitchen shit. Because I know, like, one of the things in this very infomercial is that like rotisserie thing where he would show he would literally yeah. stick anything on it, like he'd stick a fucking hamburger on it, <laughs> and he'd be like, "You could just sit it in there for two hours and it'll cook." I mean, he would literally like that was the set it and forget it thing. Because he was like, you know, you could you could stick a whole live chicken on this thing and come back and it'd be cooked and plucked and everything. Yeah, I think that <laughs> was the main thing they were selling and the like the the injection, the meat injection, the kind of like the the baster was something that was one of those. And if you call now, you'll get the so and so free the onion chopper or whatever yeah. for free do you, you can re- get this now for uh 204 easy payments of a dollar 99 how cheap do you remember when he would when they would first like say like have him come out like they'd be like oh here's so and so and everyone would like cheer and then he'd come out do you remember what he would do when he came out uh no, I don't, but I do remember them introducing him and it was they made it as if he was famous. Yeah. Like yeah. like 
Like everybody knew who he was, like he had fans. So one of the first things he would do is he would, he would sell this, um, this spray that was for covering your bald spots on like your helicopter pad. <laughs> and he would come out and he would talk a little bit about the spray for a it's couple the, of minutes. It's the toupee spray. And he had a bald spot. So he would get, you know, who like whatever announcer or whatever announced him. Like he'd be like, he would talk about it and then he'd be like, go ahead and do my head. And then they would literally spray his bald spot. And he would be like, look, it looks like natural hair. And I, I don't know. I don't really remember they spray paint they get some it's textured like fucking, spray paint from yes. walmart yes it's like textured spray paint and they would always be like oh my god it feels like real hair and i'm like there's no fucking way you have like real hair type shit spraying out of a can but two, yeah yeah i'm telling you it's the toupee spray and i remember thinking as a kid uh you know he's just spraying paint on his like some kind of paint type <laughs> thing on his head and I remember thinking, like, man, that would suck to have to, like, spray your hair on before you left the house every day. And then what happens when it's hot out and you sweat? You sweat it, like, sweat it off. You have to keep reapplying it. You got, like, black hair textured spray paint running into your eyes. Yeah, that was, like, a thing that he would, like, spend about five minutes on when he would come out. I don't I don't remember the, oh, the bald yeah, spot. Oh, fucking part. great. I'll have to try to let's see if I can find it on YouTube, but. But yeah, so um, I don't forgot. I forgot where we were. Uh, the when oh he yeah, yeah. Through the TV. So, yeah. so he then hears his dog like barking uh, outside, and he goes to see what's going on. And the dog is barking at his neighbor, uh, Principal Wilkins, who is burying something in his backyard. We have now come full circle to the beginning of the movie. Yeah, this is. This makes the beginning, like I was saying earlier, this makes this make so much more sense because he actually hears like some little like paddling footsteps and some kids laughing and he hears it around the back of his house, which we mentioned in Pet Cemetery. Anytime you have a little killer, that's like the, yep. the go to like little footprints or the pattering feet yep. and the children's laughter. It's Giggling. always, always a thing with with small killers. And uh, yeah, but it made that make so much more sense that he goes out there yelling because he thought he heard kids fucking around in his backyard, which clearly it wasn't a, a kid fucking around back there. But it made a lot more sense of why he's so fucking hostile with his neighbor. Yeah. So, um, you know, after that interaction, they go back inside and then you see his dog Spike starts to bark um, at something upstairs. Craig, uh, he goes to investigate and walks kind of cautiously into his bedroom where he sees something moving under his covers on his bed. He then uh, pulls these covers back really quickly to find like a like this mechanized like hand moving. And then when he's kind of trying to focus on what the hell this thing is, suddenly behind him in the corner, this pumpkin like huge flames ignite from it. And we see like, you know, uh, like trick or treat and all this stuff kind of written in red on his walls. Craig then screams as something slices his leg from under the bed. And I, when I seen that, I was like, he got the Judd treatment. Like he just got judded. He did. Yep. He got judged right from Pet Cemetery, man. The same exact thing. That that happens in a uh, House of Wax too, right? The Achilles cut. 
Um, for, yeah, I'm it? pretty sure it's House of Wax. I can't. Yeah, remember. the old famous Achilles cut. Oh yeah, but this, but this one so was exactly grand. like there's so much similar with Pet Cemetery. You get it like a child like killer hiding under the bed. An old yeah. man gets the slice. He goes down. The kid comes after him. It's it's the yeah. same thing. Yeah, it's much sim- m- more similar to the Pet Cemetery. I think in House of Wax they actually cut it with scissors. Like it, like they cut it in half. I do remember in House of Wax there is a scene where um, the girl sticks her hand through like a crate, like a yeah, vent the through the ground, crate. and he cuts yeah. the tip of her finger off. I do yeah. remember that one. But so he ends up falling to the ground, and then he sees like Sam coming towards him, and Sam slowly unwraps a candy bar that has a razor blade embedded into it. And if you got, you know, the eagle eye, you'll realize that this is the same candy bar that Sam actually got from Wilkins previously. And Wilkins is the one who hid the razor blade in the candy. So it's pretty cool. Uh, Craig manages to, or Krieg manages to uh, fight Sam off. He ends up kind of shooting, uh, trying to shoot at him with his shotgun. And Sam kind of disappears and he ends up hitting the pumpkin in the corner. And, uh, you know, he ends up kind of getting away and trying to escape down the hallway. And he ends up, like, tripping and kind of falling down the uh, the steps where he ends up kind of fucking his hands up. So he, he can't get the locks undone. His hands are all fucked up. Hey, Lance, I don't know if you noticed, there's, like, razor blades spread yeah. out throughout that candy. So it's, like, glass and yeah, razor blades cuts down his there. hands all up. And then he can't undo the locks. And I'm like, if somebody's, especially this thing's behind me trying to kill me. They, there's so much adrenaline going. There ain't nothing like some cuts on my hands going to stop me from unlocking the fucking door. Yeah, I really love that this scene where he's trying to get the locks because you actually see Sam like crawling on the ceiling towards him. And yeah. That shit's so creepy. Yeah, awesome. it is. It is creepy. But Krieg, he, uh, he, they kind of fight and struggle around and he ends up making it to the window where he sees his neighbor Wilkins and he gets his attention. But as we know from the beginning of the movie, we see that Wilkins pretty much ignores him. Uh, Just then Sam tackles him to the ground and uh, he attempts to kind of fight him off. He ends up ripping Sam's like burlap uh, sack mask off, revealing a horribly deformed pumpkin with beady eyes and sharp teeth i love this face reveal yeah this is one of those like you see it and you're like fuck put the sack back on like it is it is uh they did a really good job making it because i you know i didn't know what to expect when it was gonna come off like you're gonna see a kid under there like a fucking decomposing kid like what's gonna be under there and it's this fucked up looking pumpkin just what you would expect it to be and it's like uh like if you mixed a pumpkin with an alien like if aliens came down and fucked pumpkin pump pumpkins <laughs> and uh that's what that would be what came out of it you know what sucks about this though is the blu-ray that i ordered has sam's actual face on the cover like that's that is the cover it's just pretty much his face. Yeah. That and I had already looked at that when I got it. And then when I got this face reveal, I really wish I would have not known what he looked like until the, until the movie was over. Uh, that, that is one thing that I'm surprised that they put on the cover. Like, why would you put that on the cover? You know, you could just put him with his, 
you know, regular mask on the cover, but um, that is one negative I will say about the Blu-ray. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like like Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven. Like if you're gonna put Jason with his mask off on the yeah. cover, like don't ruin the, the mask reveal. Yeah, that was a that uh, was a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah, I I I'll agree with that. But I like I said, they this is one of those ones where it's not, it's scarier without the mask. It's one of the yeah, few he's that crazy he's scarier looking. without his his burlap sack mask. Yeah, he's 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 wild looking. Yeah, very interesting. Was, yeah, they did a, a really good job coming up with something really it, like with that character. It's hard to imagine not knowing like what that would look like, and what they came up with is really good. Uh, Krieg manages to get a hold of his shotgun again, and he uh, shoots Sam in the face, and Sam goes flying across the room. He then walks up to him and fires two more shots at close range, and this ends up detaching one of Sam's hands. Sam appears to be dead. He's done. He it seems like he's he's finished. His his guts are actually made of like pumpkin guts. Yeah, I thought that was uh, that yeah. was really cool. Yeah, you just took three more than likely buckshot, twelve gauges, uh, one to the face and two to the chest, and you're like. Three and a half foot tall. Yeah, he's done. I don't blame him. Like mo you see in the horror movies all the time where you're like, no, shoot him again or don't walk away. He's dead. This this is one where I'm like, man, yeah. I don't blame him. I would have I, mean, yeah, I he, he fell apart. I would have thought this shit was done too. You done blew him into pieces. Uh yeah. Yeah, I don't blame him. So Krieg picks up the phone to call 911. And while he's talking to 911, the phone goes dead. Krieg hears something kind of moving around behind him, and this is where he gets like stabbed by the razor blade candy bar. And he kind of looks over and he sees that uh, Sam's dead body is still sitting there, but very dead. But then he spots Sam's hand is crawling back to Sam with uh, with this mask. Sam then kind of like reattaches himself back together, and he comes back to life. Uh, Krieg is like, uh, what does he say? He's like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Yeah, he's. I I love the uh him. He goes to pick up the gun and realizes there's nothing in it. Like he's done. He shot both shots. It's a double barrel shotgun, and the just the. I don't know if he says it, but the look on his face, like the like go fucking figure. Like you gotta be fucking kidding me. Just like he looks at the shotgun, looks in there, and just he knows it's useless. He just tosses it down. Like fuck me, of course. Yeah, the uh, you gotta be fucking kidding me line was actually put in there as like a nod to the thing. We've covered a lot of movies lately that have little nods to the thing. Yeah. And I'm proud a, of that. That's a classic. I'm yeah. glad that people are, are doing that because that is, uh, I, I fucking love that movie. But Creek, he backs up. Uh, he, like, you know, Sam's kind of coming after him and he ends up kind of falling. He, like, falls into, uh, like a bunch of, uh, was it like a bunch of pills and stuff he has on this little stand next to his chair? He kind of falls and all that stuff like dumps on him. Sam's walking towards him with a sharp sucker that he has taken a bite out of. So it's kind of the same same thing we've seen from the beginning of the movie. He uses these uh, suckers like he bites them, bites them to where they have like these real that, sharp edges. It's it's the same sucker. It is the That's same the thing. Yeah. yeah. 
That's it. Yeah, that's what's cool about this movie is you realize that all these stories are taking place at the same time. You're just seeing them from different points of view. Uh, and this this ends up being so he takes a bite out of it and it ends up being the same exact sucker that we see in the very beginning of the movie, the intro scene. But yeah, so Sam kind of raises this thing back to Stab Creek and instead ends up hitting a candy bar that uh, kind of had landed on his chest when he kind of fell into that like whole thing with all the pills and the bottles and stuff in it. And they kind of just pause there for a moment. And, you know, Creek's like expecting to have like a stab wound and he's very confused. <laughs> Uh, Sam picks up the candy bar and then begins to just eat it. And, uh, you know, Creek has this like shocked look on his face and he's kind of just staring at Sam in disbelief. Sam then pretty much just seems satisfied with the outcome and he turns around to leave. Yeah, I think he's like this. This guy, uh, he's he's paid enough. He's well, paid enough or or he knows what's to come after so, that. But. So what this actually is, is uh because there's like four main rules that Sam has about Halloween. The one that Krieg actually violated, that reason Sam came after him is because he wasn't giving out candy. And Sam pretty much takes this as because he just got candy from him. He takes this as, well, he's. Now giving he, candy, he he's repented. The, he, yeah, he's like he a repented. like a repent. Yeah, that's that's why he um, all hail why Sam. He does that. Yeah. So Krieg watches in puzzlement as Sam exits through the front door. The door slams shut on its own accord, and uh, then we get a kind of close up of one of the pictures that's in the fire, and it shows that Krieg was the bus driver from the Halloween bus massacre. Loops around again, man. These are like really, really good connected stories here. Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't see that coming. I, I um, didn't either. I didn't. See, I didn't think they were going to bring that back. Yeah, I didn't either. Especially with it being the neighbor from the almost very beginning of the movie. Did, it, didn't see that coming. Yeah, these are connected. Really awesome. Like really awesome. But uh, so later we see a heavily bandaged Krieg is handing out candy now. <laughs> he is. Uh, He's repented. He's, yeah, he's not gonna, he's not gonna take that chance again. He's like, I'll just get the kids some damn candy. And I love how, like, whenever he goes outside, whenever all this first starts happening, he has all these jack o' lanterns all over his yard, and it's the same thing that Rhonda's yard had. So that's why I wondered if there was some connection there. Like Sam obviously left all these jack o' lanterns. Like, hey. You're going to give out fucking candy now. Yeah. And I wonder if there's some connection there. Because it, it seemed like Rhonda and Sam, as they passed each other, kind of had some type of connection. Like, she recognized him. That's the look it was. So I wonder if, if her love for Halloween has, has brought her to physically knowing the spirit of Halloween. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. she's experienced him on prior Halloweens. Yeah, as he's handing out candy, we actually see Sam kind of just standing out in front of his house, pretty much like watching him, like making sure that he's doing the right thing. And um, then we see Sam, like he kind of hears the couple from the very beginning of the movie. They are now, so we've now looped back around to the very beginning of the movie. 
And we see them walking down the street in their terrible robot costumes. And this is where we see a different angle of Emma blowing out the um, the jack-o'-lantern. And uh, we kind of see Sam. He looks at the sucker that he was going to kill Krieg with and decides, hey, I'll just use it on this bitch across the street. So then, you know, we pretty much see Sam walking over there. And this is where we kind of tie everything up here. We also see that Rhonda is walking home from the rock quarry when she almost gets hit by a car that's being driven by Lori and the werewolf women from the party before. Creed kind of sees all this. He also sees um, the principal's kid, Billy, from earlier. He is sitting on the porch handing out candy, totally not really aware that his... uh dad is not alive anymore yeah i think his dad's supposed to be home probably by yeah. this point it's pretty late and he's sitting out there having to give out candy yeah, it was real sad um, though this is obviously kids trick-or-treat really late in this town this town's awesome man yeah it's awesome i would totally move here if it was a a real place or be not in ohio uh, Krieg walks back inside to sit down when the bell, uh, front doorbell rings again. He then grabs his candy bowl and he goes to open up the door, only to find the eight zombie children from the bus crash on his front porch. They then leap forward and begin to rip Krieg apart. And that is the end. That's a That's good the, ending. That is the end of this movie. I thought, I, I thought that they were going to let the bus driver live. Yep, nope, took 30 years, but they finally got him. They got their revenge. There's actually... You notice there's one of these kids, I feel so bad, like one of the kids, the special kids, a parent just put like a paper bag over her head. <laughs> it's like, damn, man, that sucks. Yeah, so there's actually, um, in the beginning, the very, very beginning of this movie, when you're dealing with like uh, Emma and Henry walking home and her blowing out the the pumpkin and stuff. If you look back there, you can actually see the eight ghost kids at Creek's house. Ah, Yeah. That actually shows that from the very beginning, but you're obviously focused on like Emma. You're not really focused on back there, but yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things I love about this movie is everything's tied together so well. You know, all this stuff's happening simultaneously. And as you've, progress in the movie you'll see other stuff that you're like oh that makes that makes sense now like that makes uh kind of like creed getting attacked in the house and you know just stuff like that there's a couple different spots like that but i didn't notice that you can see the kids in the beginning and i wonder if knowing how this movie ends going back and watching it again how many different small things like that will stick out to you that you wouldn't have necessarily recognized the first time watching it. Yeah. When I was researching this movie, uh, that was one of the things that was brought up a lot is if the more times you watch the movie, if you actually start watching the background of the movie, you see a ton of scenes with other characters from the movie that, that, is obviously not specifically their story. And they said that they kind of lined that whole movie uh, full of that kind of stuff. I I love, I love whenever a writer does that too. That's really cool. Yep. So we'll talk a little bit, a couple things that I learned about it that I thought was interesting. 
So the kids on the bus were child actors that did all really have disabilities or injuries. Um, they did get, you know, there it is. There's yeah. one mic hit. The annually, <laughs> annual uh, mic hit. But yeah, in there. but yeah, so they all did really have disabilities and um, they brought them on to play those parts. And apparently they, the kids loved it. They thought it was awesome. So that's cool. Yeah, that was really cool. Uh, the fight scene between Sam and Krieg required an eight-year-old stunt performer. Hmm. See, I, I wondered about this. if the, And I figured it'd probably come up at some point in your fact, so I didn't ask you about it. A lot of these movies use little people for these, these scenes. You know, it, but if, if you look at Sam, he doesn't really look like he has the body of a little person. Mm -hmm. Like, you watch Chucky old old child's play movies if if you really watch close you can tell it's a little person in in costume uh but this one sam didn't seem to be a little person he seemed more like a kid um, yeah eight-year-old uh, they, they had <laughs> i was wondering how long that was gonna hold together <laughs> So yeah, it was a eight-year-old stunt performer. There, there is an eight-year-old stunt man running around. <laughs> it's not eight anymore. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but he was. How do you how do you get in the business? His at eight? dad's probably a stunt man. I mean, but, how, how many people like dream to be a stunt man and like can't get in the business? And this eight-year-old kids did like it's all a about major, who you know major movie. Yeah, that's proof. It's all yeah. about who you know. This kid's body's going to be destroyed by 17. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to be on Percocet yeah, by 18 years old. Tore up on like Oxycontin and Percocet. Bro broke my back in a car accident when I was seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, I thought that was cool, though. Yeah, that is. <laughs> that is. That, that, uh, that ties up some, some loose ends. Yeah. <laughs> So the kid who spies on the girls in the dressing room in the very beginning of the movie, uh, this is Quinn Lord, who actually plays Sam in the movie. Yeah, this kind of stuck him in there. You remember him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's actually who plays so Sam. So a kid plays Sam the whole time. Yeah, yeah. They just had to get a stunt kid in there. They had to get a stunt kid okay. and to. Why didn't they just get a stunt kid to play the whole thing? Like, I don't like, know, man. like they got Kane Hodder to play Jason because he was a stunt guy. Don't know. <laughs> oh, no. I, I don't know. That would make more sense. Maybe but... the kids like he just was like, I can't do this. They had to, they had to pull in his, his stunt kid. But yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that was one of the questions I, I was going to have for you. And uh, yeah, that's cool. The um, I. This isn't super interesting, but it was. I, I thought it was interesting because we were talking about it earlier. The editing team described the process of editing this movie as brutal in hell <laughs> because there is only one sequence that actually plays all the way through. I seen that and I was like, yep, because I just had to write this whole episode. <laughs> yeah, this was a pain in the ass. Yeah, so I, you know, I've told you before in my notes, a lot of times I, I go through the whole movie, just, you know, so I'm, I'm very well tracking why we're going through the episode. And it was difficult for, for me with all the jumping around. Yeah, it's like a lot it's, of it is a lot of jumping around. I would imagine 
them filming like i wonder how they filmed it like i wonder if they filmed one story at a time or they just did it completely random depending on what the budget allowed um you know the cheapest way to film it i should say uh because you know obviously there's no way they shot it in chronological order no because everything jumps back and no forward, it's so. no it's it's all i will say over the place. just the person who in pre-production had to come up with the the filming plan for this movie did a really good job because that would have been a hard job with all the things that you got to have going on in the background yeah of certain scenes like for example the the dead kids being at the end like to to keep track of all that stuff and put it all together uh, i give them props for that yeah i thought that was really interesting though but I mean, it's hard enough to film and like plan out filming a regular movie, but when you're filming this, oh man, it just seems like a, a brain overload every day at work. Yeah, it gives me a headache thinking about having to come up with that plan. Uh, so the kids who um, go to Krieg's house for trick or treating, you remember them? Mm hmm. They are actually the same kids that end up in Wilkinson's backyard grave. Remember they're dressed in clown outfits. Oh, that's them. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. I didn't, I didn't put that together, but remember I, I did say it. I, I thought he killed the different kid because one of the kids that looks like he's alive and he's still in a clown costume. Yep, that's them. Ah, that's see, that's another, like that's I said, another, this yeah. was one of those movies where you could probably watch it and see something new and, and, you know, piece together another part of the puzzle every time you watch it. And I, I love that about this movie. Yep. So, uh, the last one we got is I'm going to tell you Sam's four rules for Halloween. So number one is always wear a costume. Number two, always hand out candy. Number three is never blow out a jack-o'-lantern before midnight. And number four, is to respect the dead. Sam is the hero that we <laughs> all need. Like I said, he is—he is essentially the the spirit of Halloween. And Pretty much, he is. Like I said, you know, everybody he kills uh, disrespected Halloween in some way, or disrespected the dead in some way. He doesn't really kill a whole lot of people in the movie, but he seems to be around every time something does happen. But like I said, he is the the hero that we need. Sam for president, 2024. Yeah, that's what I was talking about when we were talking about, um, you know, remember Macy at the quarry when I said she had actually violated two of Sam's rules, which were to never blow out a jack-o'-lantern before midnight. Remember, she kicks the one that's still lit and then also respect the dead. So she kind of double dipped and and. In the violating rules of Halloween. Yeah, she sucked. Yep. And she's torn apart now. Yeah. Her now parent. she haunts the rock quarry, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully she doesn't even get the chance. Hopefully those kids are like, get the fuck out of here. And some, uh, I got a couple quick ones I didn't write down, but I do remember. I do, um, there's not a ton of, information on like the filming for this but i did find out that they were able to film it in 40 days 
And uh, when they filmed it up in Canada, it it rains a lot in that part of the like the British Columbia. So a lot of the scenes um, actually were had to be filmed with a tarp, like a big, huge tarp above above them, so they could uh, do the scenes because it just rained all the time. It was really impressive because you can't tell that at all. No, you can't. And another one was um, Krieg. Uh, remember, he has a bunch of locks on his door. He has yes, eight, he yes. Has, he has eight locks, one for each kid that he killed. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, interesting. That's yeah. That is interesting. But now we'll do the kill count and the ratings. So the kill count for this movie, um, it, you know, it's it varies depending on where you look it up because there's some places that want to count like all of the uh, the kids on the bus crash and stuff. Yeah. I didn't count all that. I went through and I counted pretty much what we see in the immediate story. And my kill count is 12. And that is uh, Emma, Charlie, the other kid in the grave. And I didn't really count the um, all three kids that went to Krieg's house that Wilkins ends up killing. I only counted the one that we see. I only seen one in okay. there. So you got Emma, Charlie, the other kid in the grave. Um, the woman at the parade, Sarah, Macy, Chip, and Schrader, the cameraman one, cameraman two, uh, principal Stephen Wilkins, and Mr. Creek. So pretty much 12, give or take, depending on you know what, what exactly you count. I think I think Sam only kills. He kills Emma. He and kills he, two, I think. He kills Emma. No, he only kills one, doesn't yeah. he? Kills uh, Emma. He doesn't actually kill Krieg. The kids do. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's something I had in my, my notes is he uh although he seems to be like the main killer in this this movie, he really is not. He does obviously kill people who uh, break the rules, but throughout the movie Although he's not killing, he always seems to be around these events, which makes you wonder how much influence on Halloween yeah. does the spirit of Halloween have? Because he is the representation of the spirit of Halloween. So how much influence does the spirit of Halloween have on these events that are happening? Because he's had all of them. If you look at the flashback, even when the kids die in the bus on Halloween, he's there too. Um, every one of these he's at, like when they're driving the bus, he's, he's like poking that crow on the side of the road right before they die. So I thought that was really interesting with him kind of being the spirit of Halloween and you know, you, how much influence does he have on these events? I definitely think that it's him having influence because all of these people, there's no way that these people are violating these rules against Halloween and then like a coincidence also dying. And he's just also there. Yep. Like this is definitely something that he's having a ton of uh, interference with because this is like when he goes after you to kill you, it doesn't have to be him killing you. Like he can literally put you in a situation that kills you, mm -hmm. whether it's somebody else that kills you or the fucking bus just takes off and flies over. You know, it doesn't matter. He, he has like, you know, this influence where he doesn't have to physically do it. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, I uh, thought that was really, re- really cool how they how they did that. Like he he is the killer, but he's not necessarily killing. He just has a lot of influence over these situations. Um, did you did you get a favorite kill? Did you come up with one? Well, I didn't. I told you I was thinking about yeah. doing a favorite kill, but I didn't. Um, if I had to pick one off the top of my head, I would go with the. Principal Wilkins in the woods. Uh, just that whole scene where he gets killed, I thought was really cool. I had zero problem when thinking about my favorite kill, and it was Wilkins. Yep. Loved that whole entire everything about it. Uh, I mean, I get we don't really see a lot of the other kills, but I mean, even with uh, kind of we, we know what happens with these kills even though I don't see the kill itself necessarily, I kind of know basically what it looks like. And even if I did see all these kills, this would still be my favorite one. Yeah. Yep. Definitely on the same page with that one. And, and, and not, you know, not, it's not my favorite kill because of, you know, like all the very attractive women and all this stuff like that, that adds to it. But but what it is for me is the twist. That's what it is. It's that, that twist there's two twists that happen here which is one this vampire guy is this principal that we've seen earlier and two um they're not just regular people like these they're these werewolves and this whole party was set up and the whole date thing was just for them to eat people like those are two twists back to back uh that that is that's why it's my favorite that makes this whole thing make sense too because they're talking about in the beginning uh, you know, why do we come here every year? And she said, it's, it's fresh meat. Uh, it's new blood, essentially, is what she says. And you think they're talking about going there to fuck guys from a different town. And I'm like, who goes to a different town to go to this party and just randomly goes and picks guys to go with them? Like, guys that they've never met. Like, hey, I'm just going to walk up to the first random guy that I like and take him to this party. Like, why wouldn't you go with somebody you know or talk to a guy that's already at this party if you're going to just fuck a guy? Uh, so I thought that made that makes so much more sense. These werewolves, it wasn't just them. There was other werewolves there, too. And they throw this party in the woods every year and go to this town where they celebrate Halloween and they each bring somebody there to take out around the fire in the woods. I thought that was that was really cool. Uh, it was a really good twist, and the uh, the sex appeal of it does not hurt. And the music, music, the great. music, the yeah. music also. I, I, everything, everything with that scene's cool. But yeah, that's that. That is one of my favorite scenes, if not my favorite. And then also. When uh, Mr. Keeks is right when the hall- the, the jack o' lantern lights up in the corner, and there's the blood written all over the wall. Oh, it says trick or treat, yeah. give me something good to eat, or something. It's just all over the walls. Just the feel of that whole scene. I don't know why that one stuck out to me as a scene I really, really liked. Just like to be on that set and see that would have been awesome. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what all they say, but when you go back and you watch the movie, um, you know, after your first watch and you watch it again and you go back to that scene where they're all putting on the costumes, you really find out that everything that they're saying in that scene, that whole conversation is about them being werewolves. 
Yeah. And yeah. you totally do not understand. That doesn't come out at all. Uh, and then they say a couple other things sprinkled throughout the movie. Like when she says like, oh, well, she's like the runt of the litter and all this stuff. Like there's all these little clues sprinkled throughout their whole entire dialogue that that's they're, they're really these these werewolves. So. And that goes back to, you know, what I was saying, going back and watching it over and over again and picking up on all these things. And that alone it moves my rating up just based off of the, the writing of this movie. And all, all these pieces falling together perfectly without there being holes and how much work it would take to actually come up with that story and four different stories and make them all fit together so seamlessly. Uh, so you want to do ratings? Yep. All right. I gave this movie a 3.8. What do you got? A 3, 3.8. Oh, so we got matching ratings. So I wanted to give this movie a four. I really enjoyed it. I think it's a movie that I'm probably going to really like the more and more I watch it. The reason I didn't give it a four, though, is I wish it was a little longer. That is my complaint. I think it is a little too short. It's, you know, not even quite an hour and a half. It's, it's not, a, it's like an hour and 22 minutes. It's not even an hour and a half. I would have loved to have seen this movie maybe be 15 minutes longer. That's really the only negative thing I have to say about the movie. This, this is a movie that I will 100% watch every October. This will go on the list of movies that gets me kind of ready for the holiday. Uh, I can't believe it took this long for me to like discover this movie, but now that it's on my on my radar, it is a staple for October for me. Well, the last sentence there. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, for my rating, uh, I was obviously I got three point eight. We've already uh, established that. I actually had four right before I came into here. I had four putting down two. Put put down two putting down but actually and so now that we've went through it i'm going to change mine to a 3.9 I, I feel comfortable mm -hmm. uh, i think some of the things i've learned that i didn't pick up on just some of the extra stuff you put out there uh 3.8 3.9 somewhere in there for sure um but this is this is not a, a movie that's going to blow you away with, you know, acting or mind blowing effects or even like a super in-depth story. But this is the perfect Halloween for adults feel the perfect mix of fall, adult humor, sexuality, mystery, death. Uh, just a huge shout out to the director, the cinematographer, set and costume designers. They absolutely killed the Halloween feel. Like you said earlier, this movie is dripping with Halloween. Um, if you could think off the top of your head, like a a movie that, like I feel like this is up there with like Hocus Pocus, how that's just dripping yeah. with Halloween. And from when I think about movies dripping with Halloween, this is now going to be one of those movies. Um, thought it was fantastic, and, and it is a a must watch for October. Yeah, this was a. This was a fun watch. This is probably the funnest movie we've covered. Uh, I'm I'm very happy that uh, for one of our Halloween movies we got to cover something that's super fun, but also has that adult 
like rated R horror with it because there's a lot of fun movies that I do watch uh, for, for Halloween, you know, like, you know, nightmare before Christmas and hocus pocus, but, but those are, those are kind of aimed more towards like the family. This has that same magic, but also that rated R horror that I come for. Like it has, it just has a great mix. It's a really good mix. It's that Halloween for adults feel. Uh, I thought they, they absolutely killed that part of it. The more we talk about it, the more I want to give it a four. Um, it's, I mean, <laughs> it really like it's right up there between 3.8 and four. You know, like I said, it's not like a crazy in-depth story. Uh, it It is a, the, the what makes the story great is how they overlap and all the pieces fit together. But as far as like, uh, like uh, you know, it's kind of a comedy. Uh, it has you know some comedic aspects to it. Uh, it's not like super serious. It's not like a lodge where it's just gonna blow your mind and fucking bum you it's out. It's just fun. It is a, a absolute fun, fun movie. Uh, they just they nailed the quintessential. Halloween feel for a movie. Every scene of this movie, and you telling me that they shot it in Canada with it raining most of the time makes that even more impressive because everything feels so October and so fall. Yeah, I think the reason this movie is what it is is because uh, Doherty, the director, his favorite holiday is Halloween. Yep. Yeah. He I- is a fellow Halloween lover. Uh, there are not a ton of us that would put Halloween over every holiday, but um, you can you can tell when you get those filmmakers that you know it you know something like this is just important to them as it is to you. This movie is a love letter to Halloween. That's what it is. Yeah, and he actually says that. Like he says that you know in that that short kind of documentary thing that they have in this this special features that there's not many movies that touch back on the actual origins of Halloween. And he wanted to make a movie that did that. And he made a perfect movie for that. Yeah. Uh, this was a good one. This is, you know, we, we pretty much said what we're going to say on it. Go out and watch it. Like if you did, if you didn't watch it yet and you just listened to the episode, make sure you watch it at some point in time before the 31st. Uh, if you have not ever seen it, even if you now know all the spoilers, still go and watch it. It's amazing. Uh, you got anything else you want to add to Trick or Treat? Set it and forget it. Damn. Damn. That, I can't even come up with anything better than that. I'm not even going to try. But <laughs> uh, I will remind you guys, though, that next episode is our Friday the 13th episode. It will be coming out on Friday the 13th. And uh, I hope you guys are looking forward to it because I am looking forward to covering Jason Goes to Hell. (laughs) (laughs) No, man, it's Jason X. We're doing Jason X. Oh, yeah, we're doing Jason in space. Space Jason. Yeah. We could do a whole episode on the uh, liquid liquid nitrogen kill. Uber Jason Um, and the robot whose nipples fall off. But, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. Like, how often... Do we get to have a Friday the 13th in October? Doesn't happen very often. And that's, we wanted to stick with, we had five episodes for October and we wanted to make them all really Halloween uh, movies. 
but there's you just can't pass up a Friday the 13th on a Friday the 13th in October. We just that that we don't get enough of those. Nope. All right. Well, that's going to be it for us, man. Thank you guys for listening and we will catch you next week.